0: Welcome in to Stacking the Box podcast with Matt Vertoram and Sterling Holmes. I am Sterling Holmes. Vertoram, how are you?
2: I'm good. Uh, I'm tired because my daughter's been home sick, so I feel bad for her. But it's been it's been a, it's been a week. Uh, how are you doing? <laughs>
0: I am at my grandparents' house, if you can tell from the suit of armor behind me. This is not my normal setup. I am in a town of 1,800 doing this show from a hotspot because my grandpa decided to take the Wi-Fi with him to Florida. I know what you're thinking. That's not how it works. I know. I know. So we're going to get through this. We're going to have a lot of fun. Uh, The NFL Sunday-Monday was wild, wild. I'm glad we're here. This is going to help me out. This is going to help me out. Uh, Let's go first with: Do we just see statement Sunday in the NFL?
2: Yeah, first I'm I'm glad you've been able to join us from the medieval area or uh, the medieval era of of, of time. Uh, I appreciate the the armor you were telling me before we went on that there's like there's there's knights outside the house. Um, There's there's a lot going on. But, uh, you know, listen, from the medieval period to you, happy Thanksgiving. Uh, I, Yeah, I think it is – I think it was Statement Sunday in, in a way. Um, I think you saw the best teams in the league, at least some of them, showcase why they are such. Um, you, know, you saw Dallas, after a bad loss in Green Bay, go to Minnesota – and win by 37 points you saw the Chiefs handle business against the Chargers in a very Mahomesian way Uh, you saw Buffalo get off the deck beat Cleveland uh great against the run Nick Chubb had 19 rushing yards in the game and the Bills ran for a ton of yardage it's something they normally do not do so you know, you, you did see some of that, and you saw the Niners on, on statement Monday just pound on Arizona. Now, you know, there were some games that, that I, I think were, were less uh, statements than just wins. I mean, the Eagles stuck by the Colts. The Bengals kind of muddled their way through the game against Pittsburgh. Uh, Baltimore barely beat Carolina, but, but Baltimore won. So not every team made a statement, but I thought in particular Dallas, the Niners, the Chiefs, the Bills. um, I thought they showed why they're the contenders that they are.
0: Does this say more about Dallas than it does the Vikings, or is this the Vikings just having a one-off bad game? We've seen the elite teams this season have bad games: Eagles against Washington, Chiefs against the Colts, but nothing right. to the extent of a was it forty to three drubbing that took place?
2: That was a that was a killing. That was a that was a ritualistic killing. But that 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 said. I think it says something about both of them. Look, the the Vikings are not what would typically be associated with an 8 and 1 record. Like they are a good team. They're not a great team. I don't think anybody really thinks Minnesota is going to a Super Bowl or winning the Super Bowl. Like Minnesota's fine. Minnesota's going to win the division. Could very well win a playoff game but i don't think you look at the vikings and think to yourself, yeah, that that's a juggernaut. That's a team that's going to go, you know, 15 and 2 and roll through the playoffs. I, I don't feel that way. Dallas the, the Cowboys when they're right and they're focused and they're not taking penalties and they're not turning the ball over and they're not making dumb mistakes. The Cowboys are really talented. Um maybe a legit threat to get to the Super Bowl out of the NFC. They have a great front. They get a ton of pressure. Uh, Dak, in my eyes, is a top-ten quarterback. Tony Pollard, despite Jerry Jones' insistence on playing Zeke, is a a great player, or at least a really good one, a, a really dynamic weapon. So I think it showed you what Dallas is capable of. The question with Dallas is can they string that together for three weeks in January? Can they do it three games in a row? Or is it one of these things with Dallas where they look like that one week and then the next week they look like they did in Green Bay? That's always the question with that.
0: Yeah, Tony Pollard as a receiver, getting him involved there was very nice to watch. I will say Zeke does still serve a role on that roster, and they used him in his role. Short yardage. He falls forward better than almost anyone in the NFL. I mean, those two touchdown runs, they gave Pollard multiple opportunities on the goal line. He couldn't get in. Zeke with his lumbering self, his bad knees, whatever it is, Falls forward to the touchdowns. They're starting to get it right in Dallas, which leads me into my next question. Who is the best team currently in the AFL?
2: I think right now it's Kansas City. Like if you just said going into Thanksgiving, who's the best team? And the Chiefs. The Chiefs are. Now they don't have the best record. The Eagles have the best record. But I'm not doing a power ranking. You're asking me who I think the best team is. I think it's Kansas City because Right now, I think Kansas City's defense is average. It's middle of the road. Um, Although I do like that they've gotten 10 sacks in the last two weeks, and a lot of that has come from just the four-man pressure. It has not been a ton of blitzing. Uh, And against two of the teams, that have given up the fewest sacks. So that's been impressive. But what really has been impressive is offensively, it's a weird – it's a weird commentary because Mahomes has a year in his past where he's got 5,000 yards and 50 touchdowns. This is the best he's ever played. Right now is the best Patrick Mahomes has ever played in his life. They are, offensively speaking, a complete and utter juggernaut, and they have half their guys injured. Like, it hasn't mattered. They, they found something with Pacheco running the ball. They're, they're getting the balance that they need there. Kelsey's having an all-time year. He's 33 years old. It doesn't seem to matter. You know, it doesn't matter who they plug in at receiver. Whoever it is catches the ball. Uh, and Mahomes, like that game against the Chargers on Sunday night, when they got the ball down four with a minute 40 to go, you like, just had no doubt. No doubt. Like, they're, they're scoring. He's going right down the field. And they did. Um, barely needed a minute. So, I think it's them. You could make the case Philly. You could make the case Buffalo. I, I think right now, it's Kansas City.
0: I think right now, at this moment, it's Kansas City. I know Buffalo fans are up in arms saying, well, the Bills beat the Chiefs. Does not that matter? I go, sure, it matters. But that was at that point in time. Right Where we're at right now, Kansas City looks to be the clear-cut best team. In the NFL, you mentioned it with Mahomes. He's on another level. Josh Allen, don't know if it's the injury. I don't know if it's the wear and tear, which you have mentioned a ton as the season's progressed. The right. usage rate for Josh Allen eventually is going to catch up to them. Uh, Miami, I'm sure the Dolphins, all those fans are sitting here saying, what about us? What about us? They can make the case, but when it comes down to it, are you taking Tua in a game? Or are you taking Mahomes in a game? You got to go with the best quarterback, the best player in the entire NFL.
2: I just – when I watch the Chiefs right now, there's a level of – I don't want to say dominance. There's a level of, of – of, there's like a baseline level with them where you're just – like that team, I don't care what – unless they just completely blow a tire, they're going to be in every game they play, and they're probably going to win most of those games. And you're going to have, you're going to, have to play at a level where – you're probably going to have to play at an A-plus level and hope the Chiefs make a mistake or two. I mean, now granted, there are a few teams that I think, you know, could, could play an A game and, and, and beat them, the Bills, the Eagles, stuff like that. But, like, I look at Miami, and I think Miami's really good. I also think that if Miami's going to beat the Chiefs, you need the Chiefs to make a few mistakes. They just do. Like, they can't – I don't think they can stop them. Like, I really think if the Chiefs played then they score 50 points. I, I don't I don't think Miami would go off the field against them. And, and that's where you start looking at this, and it's not just Mahomes, although he's having an unbelievable year, and I think he's at this point obviously the MVP of the league. Um, it's Chris Jones, who's having his own best year of his career. It's a young secondary that is really starting to play very well. It's Nick Bolton, who I thought earlier in the year really kind of struggled at times, who's not now starting to play much better. It's the rest of that front around, Chris Jones, whether it's Saunders, whether it's Clark, whether it's Carl Loftus or Dunlap or Dana, who had two sacks on Sunday night. It's all of that. And it's it's a team right now that, listen, they're not infallible. They can lose, but they are right now the best team in the NFL as we approach Thanksgiving.
0: Since we both agree with KC at number one, who's two and three? Let's just do a top three right now. Chiefs are coming in at number one. Who is your second and third best team in the NFL?
2: Philly and Buffalo, in that order. Uh, The Eagles are 9-1. and They deserve to get a a ton of credit. Um, The problem, if if I have any problem with Philly, and I really don't have many. I think they're a very well-balanced team. I think they're very talented. I just, I do wonder if they get into a game where they've really got to chuck it all over the yard, like, can they do it? Can they can they truly get into a game with an Allen, with a Mahomes, with a Burrow, with you know where? Hey, you got to throw the ball and you got to throw for three three fifty, because running the ball is not cutting it. Like, can you do it? And and Hertz has been excellent this year. Maybe they can do it. I mean, I'm not I'm not saying they can. I just I don't know. We haven't had to see him do it. Um, I'd put Buffalo third. I know there's cases to be made. Miami's winning the division technically, all that stuff. I still think Buffalo is going to be a a force to be dealt with in January and February, potentially. I I do. I think they're still really, really good. Um, A couple bad games. I'm not going to go jump and ship here. I think the bills are really good. That said, I do think the bills, they have to continue to find what they found against Cleveland, which is a way to run the ball without Allen having to be the bell cow, which is a defense stepping up. Um, That, and I, I think they need to get healthy in the secondary. They need, should they just wipe back? They need Poirier to stay on the field because if that's not the case, then I think these other teams, like the Chiefs, like the Bengals, I, I think they can just spread them out and throw the ball over them, and it becomes a lot harder for Buffalo.
0: Well, that was a big buzzkill because that was exact my top three as well. That was yeah. not as fun. I was really hoping you and I could go back and forth. I was going to make the case for Buffalo, make the case for the Eagles, but that was just – it, it feels like a clear-cut top three. Miami is still on the outside looking in. I don't know what more they have to do, maybe tighten it up defensively. Cowboys, yeah. I need to see more consistency from the Cowboys blowing a game to, again, the Green Bay Packers and Rodgers. Everyone kept picking them to, to bounce back, and that was going to be their jumping-off point. Uh, no, that was not the jumping-off point for Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. So I need to see more consistency from, from the Cowboys. I do think it's, it's pretty clear it's the Chiefs, Eagles, and Bills. With Miami, Dallas, Vikings uh, in that next year. Uh, let I, I,
2: I put San Francisco in there. Um, you're ready.
0: You're ready to put San Fran. Jimmy G's the, the question mark for me. He is, but they're really
2: good. I, but I, I think we've talked about it all year. Like there's a there's a clear cut top three in the NFL, and I still think there is. I think Miami's closed the gap. I think Dallas has closed the gap. And the Niners closed the gap. But I, I, to me, it's the top three, and then it's those three. And then after that, then come talk to me. I mean, Baltimore, like, I know there are also probably Ravens fans who would be like, why not the Ravens? You know why? Because you throw for 100 yards a game. That's why. Like, that's why. Because that offense cannot score points in a lot of these games. Like, I feel like Baltimore is the same song, different dance every year. Like, it's it's. – they're going to get in the playoffs. They're going to play somebody where they've got to throw the ball, and they can't, and we are going to sit here and have this whole mindless discussion for another offseason about, well – you know, what about Lamar? What about – it's like, what about – I mean, he's, he's, a, he's a terrific player. And honestly, to his credit, I think it's more about the fact they have no receivers. But, like, whether it's that or it's him, I mean, the, the bottom line is the bottom line. You know, so I struggle with it with them. Um, when
0: Demarcus Robinson is your best wide receiver, that's not a very deep group. Yeah.
2: Like, you're just – it's just not going to happen. Like, they're going to they're gonna get into a playoff game against Kansas City or Buffalo or Miami or Cincinnati. Where Like, they have to throw the ball, and it's, it's just – it's over. It's just not going to happen because they can't do it.
1: What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low, net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.
0: Let's look into the future, number one. Should the Jets bench Zach Wilson? Yes,
2: they should have done it yesterday. Yes. Mm. They should did probably you, actually have done it on Sunday.
0: Did you hear the comments post game from Zach Wilson asked oh, yeah. did did you feel like the offense let the defense down? He responded with a no.
2: Yeah, uh he have 77 passing yards in the game. Uh look, I ripped into them in my column and on a video on this YouTube channel on Monday. Robert Sala, that was the most gutless last two minutes of a game I've ever seen coached in my life. Like you're You're tied at three. You're playing in a huge game, a very, very important game. You need a field goal to win. You need to go 35 yards, something like that, and you have two minutes to do it with timeouts, and you're running the ball into the line because you are so terrified of your quarterback that you're unwilling to try to throw the ball. Look, man, if you're that terrified, then bench his fucking ass. Then sit him down. Because I got to tell you, if I was a defensive player, I would have been ready to fight somebody on the sideline. Like, I've I've sat there and played my ass off and held the Pats to three points all day so that when you get the ball with an opportunity to win the game and, and send us to a 7-3 record and, and, and a split with the Pats and all the rest of it, you run the ball into the line. And then you punt. And like a dope. The guy punched on a line drive right down the middle of the field, and the guy and, and New England runs it back 80, whatever it was, 84 yards for a touchdown. But no, I I just think with Salah, like, I'm not letting him off the hook here. It was gutless. Play to win the game or bench him. Like, do something. Either get him out of the game and then go try to win, or just let him throw the ball. Now, I'll be the first one to say he was awful. He was awful. He threw zero picks in that game. I watched that game. He should have thrown six. He threw a Honest to Christ, he hit yeah. six different Pats guys right in the hands. It was unbelievable. If the Pats could have caught the ball defensively, they would have won by 20 points on pick sixes alone. Uh, but it was it was a joke. And then that statement after the game's even worse. I, I think if you're the Jets, you have to, if you're Salah, you've got to sit there in a quiet moment and say to yourself, I'd like to be here for a long time. That guy is not going to be here for a long time. I've got to hold the locker room, and nobody in that locker room is going to respect me if, if I continue to go down the road with him. So I've got to set him. Whether it's for White or it's for Flacco, it doesn't matter. You've got to show that you're trying to win because right now you got guys in that room looking around, going, "We trying to win? We trying to win, or are we just trying to develop this guy who, who clearly doesn't think he's got anything wrong with him."
0: And that's where the frustration has to lie, is I understand the Jets' predicament of, is Zach Wilson going to be the, the franchise future quarterback of this organization? No, I understand that. No, I, I don't think he is either. But I'm just saying that, that's that, that's a tough line. When you, you went into this year thinking it's a rebuilding season, and you're at the point that sure. you're at, and now you have no idea. Because you know Joe Flacco in 2022, he's not the guy. he's brutal. And if you're the Jets, you also understand, are you winning a playoff game with Joe Flacco? But for the actual organization, for the players involved, you do have to try and win games. You're not going to win games with Zach Wilson overthrowing dudes 30 yards above their head into the freaking stands on a wide receiver screen. You're, it's just not going to happen. Zach Wilson is not that guy. I was honestly okay if Zach Wilson would have taken a lot of credit post game, saying, this is on me, I, I bleeped up. But him coming out and saying that, if you put him back in, if you're Robert Sala and he's there next game starting, you're going to have a riot on your hands, and deservedly so.
2: Yeah. No, you are. It's a joke. It's clown show. Uh, you've got to think about the other 52 guys in that room. You're trying to go to the playoffs. Like, there are guys, I'm sure, in that in that room that have bonuses in their contract for getting to the playoffs. Mm-hmm. You have guys who are toward the end of their careers trying to get to the playoffs. Like, you can't – you're not developing him. Like, I'm I I know some, you know, you get these teams that are always like, well, you know, we've got to stick with him. No, you don't. He sucks. He sucks. Just be honest with yourselves. That guy's not winning anything. He stinks. Move on. Move on. The sooner the better. Play White. Play Flacco. If you don't get to the playoffs with him, finally should you tried. Like, sitting there with this guy and watching him just, just stink up the joint one week after the next is not doing anybody any damn good.
0: Speaking of moving on, let's look into the future. Number two, more likely to make the playoffs, the commanders or the chargers.
2: Chargers are a lot of fun, aren't they? Just <laughs> it's like a carnival ride. I mean, you know, so I'm going I'll, to, I'll give my answer. And then I want to actually kind of dive for something quick with you. I think the answer is actually probably the chargers because their schedules joke the rest of the way. And Washington, that division's really tough. Like they got a lot of tough games left. So I'll say the Chargers, although I have no faith in that. I did, like, for an example, the Chargers are playing the Cardinals this week, and You know, to kill the Cardinals. They're probably going to lose by 20 points. Like, it's just that's who they are. Like, they'll go out there, like Colt McCoy will light them up and they'll lose. <laughs> right. And it, it, so, but I will say the Chargers because I just think th- their schedule is such like they have the Cardinals and the Broncos and the Raiders and the Colts. Like, my god if you can't win those games it really it's time to have a house cleaning um but while i want to hear your answer on this as well like is it time to have a different conversation about herbert a little bit here or is it unfair in your eyes
0: i let me say this i i have the chargers i think the chargers are a better team than washington you you mentioned it the division of uh, who would have thought nfc east really difficult It's going to be hard for Washington. Justin Herbert is a good quarterback only against the Kansas City Chiefs. Lombardi only calls a good game plan against the Kansas City Chiefs. Any other game, it's checked down 14 times to Austin Eckler. Against Kansas City, though, Mike Williams is prime Randy Moss, Calvin Johnson, throw him the rock. I don't understand why they only seemingly have a good game plan against good teams. Every other team, it's, let's check down. Can't trust Justin Herbert. He's Matt Schaub. Yeah. Justin Herbert's a good quarterback. He is just not on the same page with Joe Lombardi. Those two together bring out the worst in each other. Justin Herbert's not Josh Allen. He's not Patrick Mahomes, but he's in that next tier down. I think he's more talented than Tua Tugavaloa.
2: If, if that's the more case, talented, you want to make
0: yes. I, yes. I mean, he might be as talented as Joe Burrow players more talented than Burrow. i I would agree but my point is th- the injuries have piled up the offensive game plan is not there they bring out the worst in each other you know the reason I say this though
2: is at some point like does he have to start winning some games here like i mean it, and I know there's an argument of hey he drove him down the field like they did score and they did take the lead late. And that's a valid argument and I'll hear it, but my, my argument would be with this, you know, and I, and I, I will say I go on this radio show in Miami every Wednesday. Um, and uh, the, the host, Orlando who's a great guy. We go back and forth every week because he, he's an unabashed offense fan. And he's always like, I would have two over Herbert. Cause two actually wins games and Herbert never wins games. And we argue because I always say, look, I think Herbert's a better player, but like, Two it does win, you know, Fair enough. I'm not a big like, believer in that all the time. I think there's a lot of shades of gray. The point is, I'm coming around on, on this with him a little bit in the one in one regard. Not so much the two to Herbert thing, because I, I think that's kind of just like a made up argument. But I do think there is an argument here. Like the Chargers were up 17 13 and had the ball inside the five yard line at the end of the first half, and they were getting the ball coming out of the second half. They can't they can't punch it in. They kick a field goal. Then they get the ball. They do nothing. They punt the ball. She's get it. Get a field goal. They're still up by four with the ball. Can't do anything. Get one first down. They have to punt again. They just, like, they have so many opportunities. And they can never finish. Like, they can, just can never find the way. Now, granted, at the end, he made an unbelievable throw on third and whatever it was. 17, 18 to Allen. Okay. So, I still am a big believer in Herbert, but I do think we are getting a little bit to a point of, like, can you ever just win the game? Can you ever just find a way to do that? And everybody who says, well, what about late in the game? Okay, what about the entire second half of the game where you just can't do Jack all day, all night? Like, at some point, it's on you, man. Like, you got to do something here. Now, it's I don't think it's all on him because I think their coaching stinks or defense stinks, okay? He's been asked to do a ton. But I do think it's fair to start looking at him and going, you're going to be that guy. Top five in the league. You got to be that guy. Like you got to win games. Like those, You're top five in the league. You're in the playoffs every year. Mm -hmm. They're never in the playoffs. And I think at some point, like it does at least somewhat fall at his feet.
0: You can always make the case that Keenan Allen's been injured a lot. You can make the case that Mike Williams played one quarter in that game. Then he got hurt. But – Look what Mahomes was dealing with. Mahomes was playing with you, me, and a guy in the third
2: row. Like, I mean, can win the game.
0: Yep, and that, and that's where if you're going to be known as an elite game-changing quarterback, at some point, you have to elevate those guys and get it done. Now, he looked great throwing the ball to Joshua Palmer, right? I, I understand that case. You can make it, but I'm with you. You have to eventually win games. Putting up numbers when it does not matter just for the case of putting up numbers, it was a little bit like the Dak Prescott situation, right? In Dallas, always putting up empty calories, those empty stats. Eventually, you have to come away with a victory. Uh, let's get into the future number three. Would you take the Texans or the field for the number one overall draft pick?
2: Uh, the Texans. They are uh, a rancid disaster of an organization. <laughs> Normally, I'd say the field, but I honestly, God, I, are they going to win another game? Are they going to win one more game? I I don't know, man. Like, maybe they got one more in them, and I, I think that might be all there is. Like, does anybody else – I'm just trying to think off the top of my head. Does anybody else have two uh, two wins, or is, does there anybody else have
0: three? The uh, Pittsburgh and Denver Raiders and Cleveland won. Raiders, Jacksonville they're not have getting three. three.
2: They're not yeah. getting the three. The Texans. The Texans, I, I would take them.
0: By the way, the Rams have three wins. Denver has three wins. The Raiders have three wins. Who would have thought that 10 games into the season, those three teams with all the offseason hype would only have three wins? Not I. But yeah, Texans, they are by far the worst team in the NFL. That The Davis Mills, th- that whole good story, right? It's over now. I was team Davis right. Mills. He was fun to watch. It was enjoyable seeing that guy go out there and perform with a, a horrendous team. He's not it. He's just a guy. Uh, They can't get anything going on the ground. Damian Pierce had under 10 yards rushing last week. Brandon Cooks is upset. Your best wide receiver is sideways with the organization. Defense is horrendous. I have no idea what's going on. They're tanking, and I don't think the future looks bright. Like, you Uh look around at an organization, you have Laramie Tunsell. He's going to be gone, I would assume. I feel like that's a guy who's going to be a trade piece. Congratulations, you draft a quarterback one-one, and you literally have nothing else on that roster. I have. That's going to be a long rebuild process.
2: If you were, if you were T.J. Stroud or Bryce Young, would you tell them I'm not going there?
0: <sighs> uh, I mean, that's tough. One-one. I mean, that's tough. That's that's money you're turning down. That's the the pedigree you're turning down. I wouldn't have the stones to do that, but I wouldn't be shocked. Because again, I'm telling you right now, there, there's nothing. There, I, would, there... I, would,
2: I would tell them, don't don't draft me. Don't do it. Because I'm not, I, I, I will do everything in my power to get the hell out of there. I want no part of that. I am a big believer that yes, look, you need talent, you need to you need work ethic, a lot of stuff to, to succeed in anything, but it's certainly the NFL. So much of, Quarterback success in the NFL, I will always believe this, is tied to where you go, the situation you are brought into. Do I think Patrick Mahomes would have been a great player in Chicago? Yeah, but he wouldn't be this. This this was the camelot for him. I mean, he got to sit for a year behind a great veteran who taught him the ropes. He got Andy Reid and all, that, all those positional skill players. Like, it was perfect. Would he have done that if he went to Chicago or Jacksonville? I mean, look, he'd probably be a lot like the guy. All all these stats, but they don't win. I'm a huge believer in situation. And that is a disaster. That team, as you astutely point out, I mean, they have nothing. That team is a mess. You couldn't pay me to go there.
0: Yeah, it's wild being in a rebuild for multiple seasons and you still have this to deal with. Still dealing with that. Yeah uh let's look into the future number four will the ravens win a playoff game this
2: season so i talked about my my doubts with them earlier that all said i actually think they will win a playoff game because they're going to be at home i think in the first weekend i look they're going to win that division cincinnati's a game back um they play each other week 18 in cincinnati the ravens won the first matchup the problem for cincinnati is cincinnati is the toughest schedule remaining in football, and the Ravens are the easiest. I just think the Ravens are going to find their way to win that division, and I would give them a game. I think they'll win a game in the playoffs. The problem is I do not think they're going to win multiple games because I do not think they control the ball. And you look at them, they're 7-3. and They might run the table. I mean, they don't play anybody the rest of the year until they get to Cincinnati. But I just I do not believe in them offensively. I don't. And, I, you know, maybe they prove me wrong, and if they do, I'll I'll throw all the flowers at their feet, man. But I I just – I think they can win a playoff game, but I think that's probably about it.
0: It all comes down to who they play. I know that's a cop-out answer, but it's true. I mean, if you look at it right now, they'd be playing the Buffalo Bills, right? Yeah. Yeah, they're not beating the Bills. No, they're not. and, And that's what it comes down to is I don't think they beat Miami. I don't think they beat the Bills. Okay. If they beat New England, sure. They could beat Cincinnati, sure. The Jets or the Chargers. But if they get either Miami or if they get the Buffalo Bills, we don't think the Chiefs are getting off that one spot, at least as of now. Two spot for sure seems to be either Miami or Buffalo, depending on how that goes down, right? And then the so three Baltimore, seed, man. you think it could be Baltimore?
2: I think Baltimore could be the one seed if the Chiefs slip up, man. Like Baltimore, have you looked at their schedule? I the, schedule's, the schedule's ridiculous. Like, I mean, I'll pull it up and read it to the audience real quick. Dude, it is it is ridiculous that team schedule. Um, so here here's Baltimore the rest of the way. Okay, let me let me get this here. The Ravens starting obviously this week at Jacksonville, home to Denver, at Pittsburgh, at Cleveland, home to Atlanta, home to Pittsburgh. At Cincinnati. I mean, dude, they – I mean, if they even are, like, remotely alive mentally for these games, maybe at Cleveland with Watson there was, like, somewhat difficult, maybe. They're going to kill these teams. Pittsburgh twice, Atlanta, uh, Jacksonville, Denver. Like, Baltimore could be the one – I don't think Baltimore will be the one, but I think it could be. I think they could definitely be a two-seed. Um I think they'll win a game. And I, or at least they could win a game, depending as you said, and you're right upon the yeah. matchup. Um look, let's let's bring in Heisler, who's uh who's hotter than a firecracker right now as far as uh, his picks picture going here. What uh,
1: what's going on, Heisler? How you getting ready for Thanksgiving? You excited? Of course. It's uh an opportunity to uh, have my phone in one hand, my two kids beating the crap out of each other in the other hand. While also simultaneously trying to bet and um, avoid the the Thanksgiving sleepies with with too much food and uh, maybe partake in, in a couple of adult beverages as well. Very excited for uh, for Thanksgiving. By the way, you, you said hotter than a firecracker. Right? Overall, guys, uh, we can we continue to do very well here on this uh, on this wonderful little show. Uh, but we had our first uh, losing week last week, going two and three. But still, 22, 12, and one against the spread here in the first eleven weeks of the season. So, I'll take it. Um, and in Sterling, I, I think is this a game <laughs> where you're going to go ahead and, and do your victory lap? Um, I'm trying to remember. Was it um, you were? There was one game I knew that you were on that Verderam uh, and, and I went against you. Was it? Uh,
0: no, it was Dallas, Minnesota. Yeah, yeah. Congratulations, oh, was, yeah, you guys yeah, won.
1: Oh, oh, never mind. Never mind then yeah uh, congrats be
0: way, way to just rub that one in way to rub that I, one
1: honestly in. In, you know, ready <laughs> to give you your props i was not trying to be a douchebag
0: yeah been ready to give me my props yeah what game did you pick the one where the team got blown out 40 to 3 yeah congrats asshole i'm
2: <laughs> well done yeah, you, you, i want you tonight when you're sitting out at the nights at the round table i want you thinking about that um but by the way hi, sir, do you like you got kids, obviously. I, I as the why, do you try to parent your kids on Thanksgiving or do you just let like the extended family handle that as they're running around, just just threatening each other's lives?
1: So, that's a really good question. This will be the first Thanksgiving where, where both kids have been mobile, per se. Yeah. You know, I, I have a almost two year old and a three and a half year old, they're exactly 21 months apart. So last time, you know, the, the youngest one was just you kind of had to, to hold them or you just kind of plop them on the ground and you couldn't really go anywhere. Nope. Now it's going to be a, a different scenario. So I, I, I know for sure any sort of TV limits are, are not going to be in play because we'll probably put on the, the Macy's day parade, hope that they're entertained by that. The oldest one really likes to, to help cook. So that could be, you know, some sort of form of entertainment for a little bit away from football. Sure. Um, so I, I think kind of the rules go out the window. I, I think the lone rule is just don't beat, the, don't beat the hell out of your brother. Try not to make each other cry and and don't grab the dog's tail when you're chasing her around.
2: You see, I, I, I'm a big believer in like we go to my wife's families and, and they have a big family and they're all really like that Midwestern communal spirit. You know, and, and back home, they would have just opened the door and let the kids run outside, shut the door, locked it and called it an afternoon. Uh, you know, hope somebody picked him up and brought him to a fire station. But in, out here, everybody's like, oh, great! It's the kids, you know. Like there you go. Here you go. have fun. I'm gonna go drink. I, I can't take it anymore. Have fun, guys. Um, yeah. And, and by the way, TV limits. You have to listen, man. If I walked in on Thanksgiving and, and my kids were watching like Bloodsport, like that's fine. Enjoy it. Have a nice time. <laughs> and there you go. What do you guys? What What are the kids watching? Saw two. <laughs> That's all right. You know, but put on saw three if they like it. Yeah,
1: put on the trilogy. <laughs> it's a marathon. A
2: Thanksgiving That's right. a hey, kids, marathon for the children. What's this? Somebody's gonna take a bone saw to the leg. <laughs> hey, gather around, kids. I whatever it takes. I yeah. you know, whatever gives I mean, me some damn peace and quiet. What
1: what a great setup for then when you're watching somebody carve the turkey a little bit later on, you sharpen off right. the knife <laughs> and the kids just they turn. Ghostly white. That's right. You know, it's funny.
2: That's it, it, that's great. My my, uh, my dad's father he always used to. He had like the electric carving knife. You always knew it, like when dinner was you
1: know just like
2: just dip right through that thing. Oh god, that's great though. That's that's yeah. You're right. That would that scared the hell out of me. Yeah, I ought to do it. Um, maybe in a couple of years. Yeah, you know, she maybe she's only five. It's a little young, but eh, she's seven. You know, so you got to grow up at some point. Um, Every
1: Chase and the Vacation movies with the chainsaw.
2: Like. Oh, God, those movies, man, they're they're awesome. Those <laughs> movies are so funny. Yeah, um, oh, by the way, somebody asked you, uh, Chris Albright asked, did, did you get those uh, Taylor Swift tickets, or did Ticketmaster kill you?
1: Uh, they both happened. I had both Ticketmaster go down. I don't think i able – so we were talking last week on the show that I was, like, in the waiting room for yes. a couple hours – uh, like I had it on the other computer over on the other side of the office And I did get I did get a pair of tickets My wife was very pleased um, But I didn't purchase the tickets Until like 5.30 Like mm. I, We were in the waiting that's, room That's a long queue. wait Yeah I mean like it was it was Fortunately like I was working I like, had it on the other screen So when I finally got the call in I was like oh, alright and then I purchased them, and then it kept kicking me out, and then tried to buy them again. It kept, like, the, the whole thing was just an absolute nightmare. And by the way, like, Ticketmaster didn't even have the worst week when it comes to that. Did you guys see that people were buying tickets in Qatar to go to the World Cup, and the World Cup ticket app wasn't even working? Like, it's one thing to piss off Taylor Swift fans, it's another thing to piss off international soccer fans. Like, the level of rage is close, but soccer fans rage compared to taylor swift rage from people is at a completely different level i i wouldn't want to be anybody associated with that app over the last handful of days or so it's been it's been rough that's why i are the not way, selling alcohol <laughs> they know what would happen do,
2: do you, Are you guys big uh are you guys big in the World cup or do you not care
1: I, I've started to actually my, my, my bets have been going pretty well so far, which means I'm I'm due to just go on an absolute uh, ice cold streak. So for now, I'm very into the World Cup because the the bets have been doing okay for the for for bet side Okay, day.
2: so I I do not like look. I played soccer growing up. I do not care. Like I don't watch the Premier League. I don't watch MLS. I just it's fine. It, it, I will watch. The World Cup when it comes on and and you know I'll learn the players names and then I'll forget them in, in 4 years. I'm going, oh yeah that guy. I remember that guy. Um you know that, that's basically my level of involvement. I turned on the United States game against Wales on Monday. And I'm thinking to myself, probably incorrectly, probably if, if you're a soccer fan listening to this, like look understand that I don't know much about soccer. So like don't don't be like indignant in indigna- like the like, soccer guy. It's like, "Oh, you don't you know, like just breathe. But I'm watching this game, and I'm thinking to myself, like, the United States is how many how many people in the country? I mean, the, the population's what now, like 300 million, something like that? Like 365. Okay. Wales has, like, 74 oh. people. And I'm watching <laughs> this thing thinking to myself, like, if we don't beat Wales, th- this is about as bad as it gets. And, of course, because we're the United States in men's soccer, we, we have a draw, Um, and I love afterwards. The only thing I really will say, I, I truly enjoy about soccer when sport, the commentators just rip the crap out of the team. Like, Landon Donovan's killing them. Alexi Lawless <laughs> is killing them. Like, there's there's no holding back at all. Like they're just murdering the officials for how bad they were in the game. Like, you never see that in another sport. Like, American sports, it's always like, oh, well, you know – you just got to go out there and play a little harder and all these cliches. And and, and these guys are like, they sucked Second <laughs> half of the game, like, I can get down with that. But I cannot get down with these guys who, like, they get, like, a cleat mark to the ankle. You would think there needs to be an amputation on the field. Like, writhing in pain, screaming. Then They, they bring out, like, I love the, like they, they bring out the, the, the stretcher that weighs probably about six pounds And like eight guys are bringing it out, you know, like they got the the spray and there's like four trainers and you're like, what are we doing? We all know this fucking guy is going to get up and go running down the field. Like they, my, my stance on this, don't blow the whistle. If he's on the ground, fuck him. Like if if you get, you just keep playing, keep going. And if he's on the ground and you just keep passing him fine, he'll get up eventually now look, if he stays down for five minutes, then blow the whistle because he probably really hurt. But if he if he's willing to stay down for five minutes, fine. But then when that five minute marker hits, he's out for the game. Leave him. I don't. If a bone's not sticking out, leave him on the. It drives me nuts. It drives me. You know, they know the other team's about to have a break in the direction, so they're on the ground like, oh, God, my hamstring, it's exploded out of my thigh. (laughs) And then, like, and then the ball starts coming the other direction, and magically, oh, look at that. He's good to go again. He starts making a run toward goal. Like, I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I I absolutely can't stand it. Leave them on the field unless a bone is visible or we've passed five minutes of him laying on the ground in pain.
1: I can get behind that, Sterling. So you, you like to play the the. You have to be down for five minutes, and if you're down for more than five minutes, then you're awarded stoppage play towards the end of the game.
0: Oh, I'm in. I'm in. Th- this sounds like the best. The only soccer I might watch. This is outstanding.
2: Let's well, think about the think about the strategic implications of this. Like it's a tie with a draw. I'm sorry. With like four minutes to go in the second half. Okay, and. Some, some asshole gets slide tackled, and he's not really hurt, but he's down, right? It's one of those, like, f- clearly, like, a fake injury. But now he's on the ground. And they're trying to, like, they're trying to draw, like, attention to it, but th- the official's like, no, 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 five minutes, five minutes, right? So now, like, <laughs> like the other team's, like, buzzing around goal, and now you know, like, his own teammates are going to be, get up, you son of a bitch, get up, get down, and, like, we, we're, we're in trouble, you know, and, And then like the announcers are like, it's been three minutes and 57 seconds. Can they hold on? You you
1: know, the power play style, like bottom left corner of the
2: screen. Unbelievable. Like Bobby's been down for four minutes and 12 seconds, but they can't hold them off. Like (laughs) the theater would be unbelievable. Right? Like, oh, I'm, I'm so, I'm here for it. It would make the sport so much better. I also appreciate how nobody knows when the fuck the game ends, except for the official. Like, they're like, it's seven minutes of stoppage time. But that doesn't actually mean it's going to end at 97, even, like, because then, like, so, somebody else goes down during stoppage time. And so there's just chaos. It's like, <laughs> this could be it. Nobody knows. Like, it's like – watch. could you imagine if you are watching, like, an NBA playoffs game and you said no idea? Like, somebody's frantically coming down the court <laughs> with, his, like, with, with no time on the actual – Do spot. we hold
0: the ball? Do we hold like,
2: it? <laughs> like – what do we do? Do we go for broke? Like you just, nobody has any idea what the hell's happening. Like,
1: welcome to the World Cup, folks. Enjoy it. Awesome, awesome sport. The more that you think about it, like I hadn't really considered that aspect of stoppage time. The general you know, like the sport that's like has the most concern for bribery within the context of FIFA. Yeah. Like, hey, you know what we're gonna do? we know that we have millions upon millions of dollars riding on every single game, but you know, what we're going to do, we're going to let the one guy on the field determine when the game ends. And we're not going to tell anybody else. Right. It's. I, yeah. I might have to start rethinking about betting on soccer now. Purely for that reason.
2: You, you know, hundred percent. There's some official from like, you know, whatever. Yeah. We'll just even, we'll use our own country this way. I'm not accused of any kind of the uh, nefarious thought. You know, there's like some American official. We're playing, and, and we're like, we're, we're like tied with Iran or something. And the officials like, the United States is on a run. I'm not blowing the whistle. We're gonna let it play out, boys. <laughs> and then like Iran has like a two on one the other direction. They're like, that's it. That's it. Game. you know, like, oh. it, it's uh, it's unbelievable. It's it is the most ridiculous. Like nobody really knows what the hell is happening. So I, I, that's where I stand on this. I, it's, it, we've 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 lost all control.
1: Yeah, I I think there's a there's a fix that could be made, but now if we're talking about the pure drama, like now I want to keep it, but I think what the referee should do is write it down. You know, it's like it's like a magician when they. Uh, <laughs> And they're like, all right, I'm going to now predict what card that you have. And they're going to, like, write it down on a piece of paper. And then they put it in an envelope. And they give it to a bird. And the bird flies away. And the, you pick a card. And they throw the card. All of a sudden, he's like, all right, is this the card? And it, you know, comes back from the bird's mouth. That's, I mean, that that that's a play there. Is, is Maisie a soccer fan?
2: Maisie, do you like soccer? You do. Did you play soccer? Yep. You get a trophy? Yeah, you got a trophy, right? Who was your coach? Me. Yeah. Yeah, we had a yeah. fun time. We had a fun time. Somehow I, I, I survived. For, uh, for anybody
1: uh, that uh, wants a, an understanding of what that's like, go rent the movie Kicking and Screaming with Will Ferrell. That's right.
2: That's right. All right, you.
0: Verim as a coach would be fun, scary, disheartening. All nice. about throwing elbows. Somehow in soccer, you, you really got to get your elbows involved uh go for the kneecaps i believe we you know hey, with, without shin guards give a good kick to we started
2: out you know the team it was a little bit of a struggle at first four and five-year-old division co-ed so you know first like everybody's good it's like magnet soccer you know you got to break that tendency but i'll tell you what by the end of the year we were kicking ass we were go. five nothing <laughs> six coaching. nothing we were taking that's right it was it was me and my buddy who it was great he would show up he'd, He's a he's a great guy. Cause he, I won't say his name because he's a teacher, but he's a teacher and he, but he's like everything like you would never think of as a teacher, like just like I, I mean, really, I mean, very nice and like a really, really smart guy, but like just the kind of guy who like would love to just sit down and like pound beers and he's like, yeah, whatever, let the kids go, like do whatever the hell they want. His his son was also on the team, um, but uh, yeah, we had we had fun, we had a good time. But
1: is uh, is the four and five year old division? I know that that I gone like all sorts of directions here but is that still amoeba soccer where it's just f- 20 kids all in the same area yeah. of the field
2: yeah basically yes and then like three yeah. kids are like picking flowers and another kid's crying for reasons that don't make sense and you know like it, yeah like like maybe i remember like for like the first three courses of the year i'm like what's your favorite part of soccer it's Like snack like, okay and then, <laughs> and then as the year went on like she so slices and uh,
1: and granola bars. Yeah. That was the play. Yeah. early on
2: in the season. She was like scared to get into the mix and kick the ball. She was one of the small kids. And her her favorite thing in life is well, she calls it frozen ice cream, but like frozen yogurt. And she loves McDonald's, right? And so you have to like ration McDonald's because you try to be a responsible parent. So I was getting annoyed with her because I'm like, "Man, you just kick the ball! Like, she really can actually play. Like she's pretty yeah. good, but like she's just she gets nervous about the crowd of the people around it." So finally I just I pulled it to the side I'm like You go in there, you kick the ball by your McDonald's. Maisie proceeds without any hesitation, runs in there and just kicks the crap out of this one kid, like kicks him three times in the shin and then just rolls the ball out of the group. You're like, there we go, all right. Like, so that you know what? I like to point out that's coaching. You understand what motivates the individual and then you use that as a tool to win a
1: game. It's, it's, like, it's like your, your, daughter, your daughter became the, the MJ meme.
2: She's like, I took that personally. She did. She literally didn't even say anything. She looked at me. and was like, all right. And then went in there and just started wailing on some kids' shins. So it worked out. All right. We have derailed. We've talked about soccer for 20 minutes. Um, oh, so Chris Albrecht asked me, did you go crazy at school, Virta Ram, about the, the, the snow pants from last week, uh, which, I, Ben, you weren't here for. I don't think you had you left at that point. Um, so for people who are unaware, real quick, Cliff notes to this. Uh, last Tuesday, sent Major to school. We got like a quarter inch of snow. We got like a dusting of snow. It was melting as we was sitting the ground. I sent Major to school with a winter jacket, gloves, hat, whatever. school sends out an email, not just to me, but like, like an all-parents list, you know. Um, listen, if you didn't bring snow pants and snow boots for the kids, they're going to have to watch the other kids play from the sidewalk. And I had an adverse reaction to that, uh, to that email. I was not pleased with that. I was like, what are we doing? This is insane. So I said on the, on the podcast, I'm like, if I, I'm going to go to that school, and if I find out they made me watch these other kids play, they're about to have a very bad day because I'm going to go berserk. Well, as it turns out, the school's soft, and nobody went outside and played because it was so cold, so they kept everybody inside. So I didn't go berserk. So I'm like, well, fair is fair. At least everybody did the same thing. But well, let me tell you something right now. You're asking kids to wear snow pants in a quarter inch of snow. If she falls down in it face first, she's not going to fucking drown. Like it's, there's no snow. Like, what, what are we doing? I'm not, we've, we've lost our way as a society. We really have like, what do you care? She's wearing snow pants. It's a quarter inch of snow. If, if that, by the way, it might not even have been that. So that, to answer everybody's question, that, that's what happened. They, they kept everybody inside because it's weak. Because everybody's gone weak with all this stuff. Oh, God, this, is Bobby is – he, he's going to get pneumonia. It's 52 degrees outside, and he's not wearing a parka. Everybody's got to stay in now. Nonsense. But that's what yeah. happened. So I sent her with snow pants and boots to keep it to school. So I don't have to listen to this shit that, Oh God, there's <laughs> did nobody see a snowflake, everybody inside kids. Like it's a tornado. So that, that's where we are with this.
0: Vertoram sent her with her black coffee and her pack of marble reds. What more does she need? I mean, come on. You know, you joke. We in, in, in high school, we
2: were allowed to leave school to, to go get lunch and, There was a spot where, like, they literally designated for the kids to go smoke. Like, you could, you went across the street, it was right near this one, this one light post, and you went over there, and teachers and kids smoked together. Like, it was fine. School spirit. Hey, hey, listen, it's fine. You got to bum and smoke something. Now, I I don't smoke. I didn't smoke. But I'll tell you right now, if I was going to smoke, you damn well better believe it would have been with the gym teacher. Okay, <laughs> uh, hung out. We would have ta- we would have talked about life. We would we would have sat there and smoked a lung dart. Okay, and now everybody's like, oh no, you can't do that. You can't. Oh God forbid. No, like, I'm not for smoking. Stay away from the smoke, <laughs> kids. Okay, but I'm all for personal responsibility. You take care of you. Don't worry about what everybody else is doing in the world. You take care of you. If my kid wants to go and play in the snow and shorts and a t-shirt and damn it, I'm okay with it. I send them with shorts and a t-shirt. I'll worry about them getting hypothermia. You worry about you. School's getting way too involved these days, guys. I've had enough.
1: So milk- Ben, what are your yeah. bets? You're yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> between between the milk and the hypothermia, like I, I'd love to be a fly on the wall. Duh hit that latest school just for, for a little bit. All right. Should we, should we dive into uh, these Thanksgiving Day games? I guess we're going to have to. Why not? The people are here to uh, football. I, I, I honestly, God, I'm, having, I'm having a lot more fun talking about this, but we <laughs> might, as, might as well. Um, the three games that, that are on the board, obviously, two big favorites. Uh, yep. bill got up to as high as, as minus 10 on the board against the Lions. Total's now all the way up to 54 and a half. Oh, God. Like, it's – Buffalo is going to have it feel like a, like a, like a home game, considering that they were there literally last week and, and started to turn things on in the second half. Yep. I, do you buy here? Here's where I think that the real question comes in. We know Buffalo's tendencies to to cover in games when they do, they destroy you. Their margin of victory still this year is, is the highest in the NFL. Uh, their margin of victory is 10.7 points per game. Okay. But they're only five, four and one against the spread. Uh, Lions after uh, going through a pretty rough stretch, uh, losing fifty years. Fifty years. I was referring to the zero and five mark against the spread, um, but that also is in also in consideration here as well. They have since won their last three games against the spread and the total has gone over in three of their last four games. So the offense is back to waking up. They scored 31 points in their last two games. I I don't count it against Chicago. That's a terrible defense. Uh, But scoring 31 on the road against the Giants was was eye-opening here. As far as this game goes, hard for me to to fade Buffalo here, even with the Lions starting to play a little bit more confident, starting to – uh, feel themselves a little bit that it's kind of sort of been the edge that they've missing. And Jamal Williams, three touchdown game last week, he now leads the NFL, I believe in rushing touchdowns this year. Swift looks to be healthy. Um, I, 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 I'm not honest to God, guys. i I'm not really sure how I want to play this one. I don't like bills if it gets all the way up to 10, but you know, it, I might kind of sit on the, on the fence here and, and wait for Buffalo in the second half, knowing that they just have too much firepower and ultimately the defense is starting to make some more adjustments. So my play is likely just going to be sit on this game, hope that it's relatively close and then take Buffalo at a better number in the second half. But uh, if I'm forced to take a game right now, I'll, I'll probably lean Buffalo nine and a half just because of how fast they can score. And I'm not necessarily buying that the Lions defensive turnaround is going to hold up against a team like Buffalo.
2: Yeah, I think the Bills. I would take the Bills in this game. I just don't think Detroit can stop them. You know, I, I think it's one of these because the Bills might score 38 points, man. I, I just – the over is enticing, although I always worry about, like, Jared Goff and an over. Like, you just you're like, is he going to do it? Is he going to is going to score 10 points today? I don't know. Who the hell knows? Like, they scored 31 against the Giants, and Jared Goff did absolutely nothing the entire game. So, I mean, take that into consideration. I'm with you. I like the Bills to cover. I know it's a big number, but I, I like them to cover the spread.
0: Yeah, I like the Bills in the over. I mean, Buffalo, you mentioned it. They're going to put up 40-plus points. It comes down to, can Jared Goff put up 15? He might not be able to, but Jamal Williams can. Jamal Williams, DeAndre Swift, Amon Ross, St. Brown, they have some weapons over there. I like the over more than anything. The 9.5, you're right, that is a large number, especially with the ability of the Lions to run the ball. And let's say the Bills' deficiency of typically stopping the run, But I like this. I like the over this one for sure.
1: Road favorites, by the way, in in Thanksgiving Day games over the last several years. I I don't have the exact number in front of me, but I believe in the last 14 of them, they've gone 10 and 4 against the spread. I'll I'll confirm that as we go throughout the show. But uh, another trend that very much uh, is in favor of Buffalo here. All right, so that's the early game. You got the Giants and the Cowboys at 9.5, total of 44.5. This feels like it's too much of an inflated line from last week for Dallas. You yes, exactly. the a team that was minus one and a half minus two. And that was clearly the right side against the Vikings that were, were due for some serious regression. We talked about it on the show last week. Um, I, I like the giants here and I, I should have waited a little bit because I, I jumped on them maybe a bit too early. I got them at eight and a half. I thought that was a good number. They're now up to, to nine and a half giants aren't as bad as what we saw from them last week at home against Detroit, Daniel Jones, historically over the course of his career, has been a much more profitable quarterback on the road as opposed to at home. Um, And for as good of a defense as the Cowboys have, you can still neutralize it. If Saquon Barkley has a big game, which big stage, big opportunity bounce back spot for him. I I, I like the giants to hang around here. Maybe Dallas ultimately pulls away and, and, and they cover, but the giants are one of those teams too, especially with how good they've been in the fourth quarter throughout most of the season. Uh, it was part of the reason that I jumped on them live in the previous game. Didn't end up working out. But I, I do think the Giants keep this one less than, than nine and a half. I, I think this ends up being a, a Cowboys win maybe by a touchdown by the time things are all said and done. So give me the Giants a plus nine and a half here.
2: Totally agree. I think the line's way too high. I think it's way too high. It's a reaction. No Vegas knows they can bait the public because the public always plays the Cowboys. And the Cowboys just won 40 to three. So it, it's it's this classic overreaction to both sides, right? The Giants look bad. The Cowboys look good. I'm I'm a big believer in that whole axiom of like divisional games are always tight games, or at least or I shouldn't say always, but more often than not, they're tight games because these teams know each other so well. I think it will be a tight game. I don't think the Giants win. I do think it's just a one score game. So I'm yeah. with you. I think I think Dallas. The other side of it too is you always have to think like even if Dallas is winning by two touchdowns, like all you need is a garbage time on the backside of it. Right. I mean, so yeah, I, I like the giants to cover That's too big of a number for me.
0: Yeah. I agree. All the same things you guys have said. And also I'm done going for what I think. And I'm just going to listen to you guys because I chose the Vikings and I no longer get a say. That's true.
1: Mm. <laughs> um, just found this stat as we we're going through it. The Cowboys have covered once in the last 10 years, on Thanksgiving, they are Ooh. one in ten against the spread in their last eleven Thanksgiving games. The loan time they covered was twenty eighteen.
0: So, so you're saying they're due?
1: I, <laughs> it's not what I'm saying. Literally, the, the complete opposite of, of what I'm saying. Um, no, they're they're going to get overbet like they are right now. I'm like I said, I I'm on the Giants at plus eight and a half. I might even just go ahead and, and make the bet again at, at nine and a half. This is far too high of a number. Uh, I'll I'll go ahead and take New York. And even if the public comes in a little bit more, like, then what? You get the Giants a plus 10? Even better.
2: Yeah. No, I hear you. By the way, uh, a quick uh, PSA. I'm sure most people already know this. A lot of you guys in here also uh, watch Our Addict, which uh, we all appreciate as we're all also on that podcast. Um, We will be in Kansas City uh, the weekend of December 11th, and we are going to be at the Tanner's Bar and Grill – on that Sunday uh, at, the, uh, at the Rainbow Boulevard location, just on the other side of the state line there in Kansas. Please go check it out. We have an Eventbrite uh, link. You can RSVP to it. I've tweeted out. Patrick Allen tweeted out. it out. It's on the Arid Attic YouTube page. Um, check that out and go. I, uh, Heisler, are, you, are we are we going to see you that weekend? Are you going to be around? Yeah. The,
1: the plan is uh, for, for me go to ahead. stop by for sure. Um I, 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 you say it's going to be like a because I think the Chiefs are currently set to play in the Sunday night
2: game, right? Sunday against Denver. Yep.
1: Okay, so, um, yes, the the plan is absolutely to uh, to be on tap and uh, and hang out at Tanners with you guys.
2: All right, awesome. So make sure you guys get there if you're in the KC area, and even if you're not, what the hell? What's wrong? You fly, get there. Um, all right, let's get to uh, let's get to the, the nightcap of the Thanksgiving Day games. Uh, the uh, Vikings uh, hosting the Pats.
1: Yeah, well, not, not a whole lot to, to dive into here. Minnesota has an opportunity to get back at home, shake off whatever the hell happened last week against Dallas, um, you know, right the wrongs for for our for our guy Sterling here. Um, it's two and a half, three, depending on what sports book you look. The Patriots road favorites. They have really turned their defense around after getting shellacked by the Bears about a month or so ago. Like fully embarrassed. The the Patriots defense since that game, uh, elite level in the NFL. Now you can make an argument that their defense, I don't think is as good as as the Cowboys. Now there's still plenty of playmakers there. Um, But I also look at it as an opportunity for Kirk Cousins to, to write the ship a little bit. They'll they're embarrassed after, after what happened. And I think Kevin O'Connell will make some changes, but I also don't think it's going to be a high scoring game either. My play in this game is the, is the under at 42 and a half. Um, I I think you're going to see that continue to go down throughout the week. People, Really impressed with the Patriots last week against the Jets, although it's the Jets. Um, and then Minnesota fresh in everybody's mind of them not being able to score points at home. I also think that's a mistake. So um, before it goes down past 41 and a half or so, I like the the under here at 42 and a half uh, in the nightcap. So nice, boring, low scoring game uh, as we're all recovering from whatever we just you know, ingested and, and put into our bodies from earlier that
2: day. Yes, I've eaten 2,500 calories of starch. Uh, I, I think Minnesota is going to cover this. Why are they only getting, laying two and a half points in this game? I, I know they got killed by Dallas. I get it. Like New England's not good. New England's not a good football team. And I know everybody's like, well, they beat the Jets. The Jets stink. I, I, I don't care that the Jets are six and four. The Jets have no quarterback. They're good defensively. They have no quarterback. Minnesota is going to win this game by a field goal or more. I, I will be very surprised if they don't. And and I'm not saying I'm even, like, a huge believer
0: in Minnesota. They're better than New England. Give me Minnesota. Yeah, at home, too. I I know it's prime time. Kirk Cousins in prime time. Scary. It's scary. But you have to believe they beat New England. We we went into this year saying New England's roster is horrendous. Bill Belichick's done a great job with that team. The defense is legitimately good. But they can't score points. We're acting like the Patriots did a great job against this New York Jets defense. Again, the Jets defense is good. They scored three points and a punt return. How are they going to score against Minnesota? I, I like Minnesota in this game. I like your play of the under. I think it's a smart one there, Ben. But I'm going back and rolling with Minnesota. I'm an idiot. It's my third week in a row. I've I've been betting Minnesota. I'm one and one. Yeah, make me two and one. Iced yes. out,
1: Kirk. Most weeks that people have been betting Minnesota this year, uh, at least on the money line, they, they've covered. They haven't been a good uh, spread team this year. It's kind of like the opposite of, um, you know, a few that's like Detroit last year was one of those teams that won three games, but ended up going, I think, 10 and six against the spread, or no, uh, 11 and six against the spread. 17 game season now. So it's called a good right. team. So we've gone we through the Thanksgiving Day plays, get to best bets for week 12. Uh, two of them we've already covered. We like the Giants. Uh, to cover against the Cowboys this week. We also like the under between uh, New England and Minnesota, although I know that uh, Sterling and and, and Verderam are on the the Vikings at home to cover as well. Rest of the week 12 games, I like the Ravens. This is my uh, my first bet of the week that I sent uh, that you could uh, hopefully you guys read over in in Verderam's Monday morning column. Ravens minus 3.5 at Jacksonville. Uh, Weird shit can happen in Duval County. I get it, but Baltimore is one of those teams that, Consistently uh, under Lamar Jackson, under John Harbaugh, have just been a better covering team on the road. They just play more comfortably away from home. And I, I haven't really been able to, to figure out why. Got a wake up call last week and, and barely surviving against a terrible Carolina Panthers team. So I like them to cover the three and a half, uh, cover the hook uh, on the road against Jacksonville. Another, actually, I think all three of these teams I, I, I like on the road this week. I like Bucks minus three. At Cleveland, Tampa's finally starting to get healthy defensively. Um, They're starting to see a little bit more Rashad White in the offense. That's looked better as far as a run game that's been inconsistent. Their wide receivers are starting to be healthy, and Brady's getting a little bit more time in the pocket. Uh, And then the Bengals taking a money line on the road. Another opportunity to fade Tennessee, which has not been profitable, considering that the Titans have been the the hottest team in the NFL covering the spread. But, again, a a team that I do think is, is going to regress soon. Um, they're still dealing with it with concerns and injuries in their, in their pass rush. That's the yep. biggest area of weakness for Cincinnati. Um, and even with all the turnovers, uh, Burrow still found a way to win. I, I just don't think that's going to be as much of an issue this week in Tennessee. And then the one last one I would say um, I missed the, the under on Chicago and New York. I still think you can take it at 39 and a half because I don't think Justin Fields is going to play. But once the sports books come out and give you team totals for the game, hammer the bears under on their team total like if it's trevor simeon against that jets defense this week i I heard my buddy danny Parkin say on his show in chicago like if i give you the option of saying the bears are going to score zero or three points like which one are you taking there's no other option take the under on the team total there i I cannot for the life of me figure out how they're going to score anything that's a great defense in New York. And depending on what they decide to do, whether it's Flacco, Mike White, or, or Zach Wilson, um, they're going to shut down the Bears, especially if, if Fields doesn't play. And honestly, they shouldn't play him. They should get him healthy and ready to go.
2: Well, I think that's how the Bears score, is Zach Wilson throwing like a trio of pick sixes. Um, that might be how it happens.
1: It, it could be. Yeah. If, if Listen, if the Bears team total goes that way because of two pick sixes from that defense um, – then I'll, I'll eat as much crow as humanly possible, but it's not going to come from the offense.
2: <laughs> Fair enough. Hey, listen, have a great Thanksgiving. Enjoy it with your two mobile children. Now who can, who can raise hell. Um, good luck. Uh, happy Thanksgiving to you and yours, man. And we'll, uh, we'll, we'll talk uh, next week.
1: All right, fellas. Happy Thanksgiving. Enjoy the day. And uh for anybody that's uh, going to be out at that uh, Arrowhead Attic meetup uh, in mid-December, uh, looking forward to seeing you guys, looking forward to seeing uh, all of you that are, that are hanging out with us. That should be a lot of fun.
2: Absolutely. Hey, thanks a lot, man. And uh, everybody, make sure to check out all of Ben's work at BetSided and all the BetSided uh, work as well from others. So uh, the YouTube channel, fanside.com slash BetSided, the BetSided Twitter account, all of it. Check it out. Be there. All right, Ben, thanks a lot, man. Take care.
1: Bye, See you later.
2: All right, it's that time. What's going on in your life? Other than the fact that you've you've teleported back to fourteen oh eight or whatever the hell, whenever the medieval era was.
0: Well, let me just talk about the most Midwest trip down here. All right, so we're, we're in KC, driving down to Southern Indiana, thirty minutes north of Louisville, and on the way down, Santa Claus, Indiana. We see signs for it. Who stopped at Santa Claus, Indiana? Jay Cutler's birthplace, by the way, tiny town and its Christmas year-round. I shit you not, there's just this massive store. It's called Christmas Lane, Christmas Boulevard, Santa Claus Avenue. It's incredible. We went into this Christmas store. It was a family from Houston going to St. Louis. They went from Houston to Santa Claus, Indiana, and then to St. Louis. And I'm just sitting here with these tiny little ornaments because i think it's funny to find the most gaudy ornaments possible like the most just just disgusting ornament you can possibly find that's what i give out every year to my parents just the most funny one you're like it's like santa claus on like riding a shrimp or something like that something hilarious went there oh, wow. got cracker barrel now I'm, I'm here in the middle of nowhere As one does in santa claus indiana town uh, Well, now i'm in henryville indiana town of 1800 and the birthplace of colonel sanders baby colonel wow. sanders is a liar it's not kfc it's southern indiana fc he's a liar
2: seems like kfc was the right decision there though. yeah can't blame seems him. like kfc probably <laughs> had a little bit more panache to it um although can I, yeah, i'll throw out a hot take kfc it's not good no no so
0: um oh, my my daughter is uh, approaching me hold on a second
2: i 2 minutes and I'm all set okay
0: well, okay. she wants the only neighbors I have where I'm at right now are horses. So if she wants to go take a look at the neighbors, tell her to feel free.
2: Yeah, well, well, she's looking for lunch. It's fair enough. It's uh, it's noon, so you got to get rolling. Hey, I, I will be brief so I can get this poor kid lunch. Um, Lucas in the chat says the Devils are overrated. It's become a joke between the two of us at this point. The Devils last night, they won again. The Devils have not lost in a month. This is becoming insane. I don't know what to do with this anymore. They've won 13 games in a row. It is it is now the longest, tied for the longest streak in their history, and in the longest streak in NHL history is 17 games. The Devils are rapidly approaching this. They have Toronto on Wednesday night, and then a home, uh, and then a back to back with Buffalo and Washington at the end of the week. Which they should they should be both those teams. Well, of course they could lose, but they should win. Um, the Devils have become an unmitigated powerhouse, which was not something I expected to say this year. Um, they can't lose. They played Edmonton and just blew Edmonton's doors off. So I, I, I don't. And it's the second time they beat them in this in this, this streak. It has been nothing short of miraculous. I sit down every night and I watch them, and I think to myself, "Look, if they lose this game, you can't get annoyed with them. They've won X amount of games in a row, and then they just destroy whoever the hell's next." And you're like, okay. One again, so going for fourteen against Toronto on Wednesday. We'll see if they can get it. Uh, But uh, as the lingo goes in hockey these days, an absolute wagon, just a full blown. (laughs) I just just keep tweeting out the GIF of the Oregon Trail wagon with the ox pulling. Like that's what it's become at this point. It's
0: it's unreal.
1: This is the happiest
0: I've ever seen you. You're like a kid on Christmas talking about the New Jersey Jersey Devils.
2: Like, it's not even like they're winning these games in like, shootouts. Like, they just destroy whoever they play. Just destroy them. By the way, on a, on a side note here, a chance in the chat says, flying up from Atlanta to see you all, can't wait. My man. Yeah, listen, you find me, uh, I got beers for you. Because you, you're from Atlanta, but get your dinner. So um, I cannot wait to get to Kansas City. I'm really looking forward to it here in a few weeks. Uh, I'm going to I keep saying if it, it's true, I'm going to eat enough barbecue to, to last myself a lifetime. And then a Casey beer, I am going to load up. I'm driving. So I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look like I'm basically trafficking alcohol back and forth. They, they're probably going to get pulled, pulled over. They're going to be searching the car. I am going to try to fit literally like 200 beers in the car. So it's going to be a good time. I can't wait. Um, listen, thank you so much for joining us here today. Have a happy Thanksgiving. Have a safe Thanksgiving. Enjoy yourselves. Watch some football. Do your Black Friday shopping if you uh, choose to partake. And then watch the games on Sunday. So uh, for Sterling Holmes, I am Matt Verter. And thank you so much for joining us today. And we will talk to you again next week. No show on Sunday this weekend because of the holiday. No show on Sunday. So enjoy your weekend. You're free of me on Sundays. Thanks so much. And we'll talk to you soon.